that's it, man. We're back. 163. We were gamers post 4th of July, which is a holiday. We are back from vacations, maybe? Or at least long weekends, I hope, for each of you. Some staycation. Yeah. Staycation. All right, that's Michael. Hey, everyone. JJ's here. It's me. Did you stay Kate? We did, and it was wonderful. <laughs> we did not stay Kate. We vacated. Vacated. Where to? Big Sur, which is a cool little redwood infested area of the. <laughs> infested? I don't know if that's the right word to describe uh, trees. It was wonderful. No, it was great. <laughs> we were in the woods. We did some family camping. It was a good time. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, I have a question. Uh The last time I paid attention to Big Sur, which, to be fair, has been multiple years, there was, like, a lot of floods that had destroyed many roads, including, like, ways into and out of it. The campground was (laughs) off of one, which is an ocean road that we have here, also known as PCH, if you're a locale. The the roads in were fine because it was off of that big road. However... um, the floods and fire damages from previous years caused many of our trails to end abruptly in fallen redwoods. Okay, that was the kind of stuff I was wondering about. So yeah. it sounds like they've worked on it, but maybe aren't all the way there. Yeah, uh, we could get into like park management and it's data California's podcast. bad decisions. <laughs> uh, but that's another time. Nope. We're not going to do it. And we're also not going to talk about something you did this weekend either. I wish you just get this out of the way up front. We talked last episode about Stranger Things. I know many people are probably like wondering if this podcast is the spoiler podcast and they need to turn it off right away. No. No. We haven't. Some of us haven't finished Stranger Things. So some of us haven't started Stranger Things. Shh, Michael, don't <laughs> give it away. I. Oh, it could have been you. Oh, now I can. <laughs> yeah, it could, it could oh, have been me, no. but not now. Wrecked. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, the hoist. Forthcoming Stranger Things special podcast, probably released during Comic-Con, maybe, since we will maybe miss it. I don't. I, we got to do the calendar, because Comic-Con and recording and all that. We might not yes. actually miss an episode. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, forthcoming Stranger Things forthcoming Evangelion, forthcoming Comic-Con episodes. Yeah. Hey, by the way, we said we would watch the Evangelion stuff. We're going to do it. Just. (laughs) It's happening. We all have day jobs. It's hard to do. We're going to do it eventually. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, how were your staycations, everybody? We had a wonderful time. Uh, we spent, you know, we went and did some wine tasting out in the Ramona Valley, which was really fun and nice if people have never been out there. It is surprisingly nicer than I expected it to be, honestly. Is that north of you? Just say, I'm, I know that it, it's, it's like, tough. You live in San Diego. A lot yes. of people aren't, are not familiar with the area. I'm just curious for my edification because, uh, uh, grapes are not usually grown around the it, areas that we live uh, unless you're true. talking like super dry dusty tempranillos because we're laterally uh in a pretty bad grape zone overall uh there is uh you have heard of the Temecula Valley perhaps which is indeed north of me uh but mostly east but also quite a bit north uh this valley uh, is a little bit off to the side uh of that it is more south than Temecula so it is, but also very much east. So it was maybe like an hour drive or so for us to the place we were going. No one should be surprised that we're wine nerding out if they've listened to the Star Trek episodes and we talk about Chateau Picard multiple times. <laughs> oh my god, that was still one of my favorite discussions we've ever had in that Star Trek podcast. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Hey, we should do this at the top. Um, this episode will release on July 10th. And on July 12th, just two short days later, you get more Star Trek, episode two, two and three of J.J. List's When I Watching Discovery. Yeah, good stuff. And the best cool. podcast name maybe of all time, which I won't spoil. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we did that. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but we also may, because this year at, at 
our house has turned in a bumper crop of tomatoes. We made our own pasta sauce. Yum. Uh, which I, I had never done before. Um, I can't speak if my wife had tried it before this, uh, but it turned out really great. We had some of it for dinner tonight. It was awesome. I was honestly shocked at how good it was. <laughs> I figured it was one of those things where you would try it and it would be like fine and you adjust the recipe as you go on and you achieve greatness eventually. But nope, started right at the top. Have you become yeah, a, a canner? We didn't can any of it because we didn't have enough real we made like a good like slightly more than one dinner's worth servings of pasta. Because we had like ten tomatoes or whatever. Gotcha. But next time we will start with more. <laughs> yeah, it makes such a big difference when it's fresh. Oh my god, it was so good. So that was really our weekend right there, basically. And stranger things. And Stranger Things, yeah. <laughs> also, it takes – cooking pasta sauce takes forever. So, yeah, it took a while. Kind of yeah, a you just sort of let it slow pasta. simmer. Yeah. And just like go over and stir it once every hour and then be like, all right, we'll come back later. <laughs> That's my kind of cooking. Same. Michael? Um, What did we do? We had movie night. Ooh. We Ooh. went and saw um, – we did not see Far From Home yet. That will be coming. Uh, but we did see a movie called Yesterday. Have you guys mm -mm. seen the advertisements for this? It's is this another surprise M. Night Shyamalan superhero movie? What is the deal here? No, no. So it follows a struggling musician from a little town in the UK who is – he gets hit by a bus on his bike one night and at the exact moment that he gets struck, there's a worldwide power blackout. And he comes to in the hospital um, and he goes through a little com a brief convalescence. And when he gets out, his friends have bought him a new guitar to replace the one that got smashed when he got hit by the bus. And he plays a Beatles song for them. And they've never heard the song before. He plays them the song yesterday. Um, and they asked him, you know, where the beautiful song came from. And he says it's from the Beatles and none of his friends recognize the name. Trippy. So he comes to find out that the entire world has no knowledge of who the Beatles are. And so he's he instantly famous starts, and rich. <laughs> he starts playing all of their songs and he gets noticed and picked up by a big label in LA and you know, things very, very quickly start spiraling for him up Whoa. towards stardom. And then, uh, it's how he deals with this sudden fame by using someone else's work. Huh? Super interesting. Really funny. Uh, definitely worthwhile. Nice. Especially if you're a fan of Beatles music, because that's all, most of the music in the movie. Sweet. Sweet. All right. I think it's time. It's been too long. I was unplugged over the weekend. I had no cell service, no batteries, nothing with batteries really came with me. Video games? Should we talk about them? Video games? What? Is that a thing that we do on this podcast? No, we were gamers. We don't do that on here. Okay. This is a... Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Stranger Things. Just, just <laughs> kidding. Uh, you guys were talking some Bloodstained last week, and um, I am really curious to know if Michael got to the places that JJ, you had already gotten to, and you guys were trying to dance in around spoilers there for a minute. So let's do a little Bloodstained spoilers if anybody is playing that game and doesn't want to know. But... Uh, I, I, I gotta know. I, I, I gotta know if everyone's still on the bandwagon a week later. To be all the way clear, I don't have any story spoilers to talk about. So if you if you care about the story of the game, I'm not going to talk about that. I am interested in talking about mechanics in this game. Yeah, that's really what the game is. It has a story. To be clear, um, but the story is fine. It's not not of interest to the discussion here. Much I like previous talk about Castlevania games, kind of doesn't matter. Exactly. Dracula's out there somewhere, but it's not Dracula. It's, um, Jeebel. And the, he's being controlled by a demon. So, 
I figure it out. I don't know why I went for a drink of water there. Whoops. <laughs> Almost spit that out. His name is what? Uh, did I say it right, Michael? You did G- say it right. You say it the way they say it anyway, but that is not how I would pro- I would have pronounced that. Absolutely correct. Uh, <laughs> it is spelled uh, capital G-E-B-E-L. G-E-B-E-L. Gebel. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. They say Jebel in the uh, English dub, I suppose. Perhaps it is pronounced differently in the Japanese and other languages. I can't say. Oh, those are tough. I don't think there's kanji for those. I don't remember yeah, my don't Japanese know. very well, but G-E and B-E are not. And there's no real L either, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know what it sounds like in Japanese. It must be mm. something else. Uh, but this is a game from a Japanese uh, studio. And anyway, Jeebel is his name. But no one cares about him. We're not even going to talk <laughs> about that. What we are going to talk about today is the progression of the movement in the game. Because that is the interesting stuff in these kind of Metroidvania games, right? When do you get the double jump? Okay. Right, or the high jump, or, you know. Or do you get the high jump at all? Let's talk about it. Did you get the high jump, Michael? Uh, I have not found the high jump yet. I I know that there is one, but I have not gotten to that point. So let me just go ahead and tell you right now, the high jump is an upgrade. I hope that you got uh, materials. You have to upgrade a shard to get it. Interesting. So I I have started to notice that you can upgrade shards to get you can use shards you have to craft better shards. It actually doesn't even consume the shard when you do that. Yeah, you just I thought literally that was an, create a new one. I thought that was an interesting choice. It consumes the material that you use but not the shard. Yes. First off, I didn't know that for the very longest time and was like, well, I don't want to upgrade this. I'm going to lose my double jump. Right. And was not interested in that. Uh, Find out later. Uh, Yeah, he could have done that at any time and just had access to this other thing. (laughs) Whoops. Why didn't they explain uh, that for you? Uh, Because it turns out it doesn't matter. Uh, you, You don't need the high jump, it turns out, because there is a different mechanic that you get later that solves that issue. But still, uh, they should have explained yeah. you don't lose your item. I mean, yes, that, they that is like the failing of 90s RPGs where you're like, well, I'm never using any items because they, they could go away. Like, we've had 20 years to learn this lesson. Well, well they, if you if you look at it in the crafting menu, you see that it doesn't consume the shard, but that's not immediately apparent. And like the rest of the crafting doesn't work that way. Right. So I just assume it's like, oh, it's in the crafting menu. Well, it's going to eat both of these, and then I'm going to have this other thing. And you look at the description of the other thing, and it is not the same as the thing you're using. It's not just like a straight upgrade. It's like something else. Lame. And I hadn't used that system before because the game does not force you to interact with the crafting if you don't want to. Like, by the way, the crafting super side, you could just play the game completely and not touch the crafting and be fine. Yes. Um, which is honestly a good thing, I think, because the crafting is very deep and there is a lot of it if you want to. <laughs> yeah, but it's but uh, honestly I, too much. Actually, I like that they don't they don't make you feel like things are gated because you have to craft better equipment. Right. Which is all of this is to say that I got stuck in a part that is very dumb because (laughs) there was an item that I had in my inventory that I didn't know I had picked up that I didn't know I was supposed to use in order to be able to move around in water. What? So they, they made a very weird choice here, Andy. They split the way that you can move in the water into two different abilities. Uh Uh-huh. So the first one that you get basically turns you into a uh, like a water powered jetpack, basically. <laughs> okay. So, so you side, do you still move kind of like uh, you, you basically uh, like the dolphin shoot. side side view like running status, or are you like a different? Is it a different view? No, it's still side view, but like basically you you point your hand out and it kind of like acts like a water jet and you uh-huh. can push yourself with it okay. underwater. But like you have 360 control with that hand, so you can point the hand in any direction to kind of like move your maneuver yourself around. But it's okay. super janky and 
you can't use any items or control yourself or attack, really? I guess you can attack. You can attack. But you uh, float up. Yeah, the water itself is also an attack. The water you use to propel yourself. So if you're moving forward and then spin it around and face it at an enemy, it does damage. And then pushes you away from them. Right, which... Right into the spikes. ...that much or back off the screen. Yeah. Uh, Not awesome. Uh, But all of this is tied to one of these shards that you have to equip in a menu to use. And I got this shard at some point and didn't read the description at the time because I was being attacked by enemies or whatever and I ran off the screen. And then ran around for about a good 45 minutes or an hour trying to figure out where to go next and couldn't figure out what to do. There was no more like areas I could explore with the powers that I had at that time because I didn't know to go into my menu and look for a thing I had already picked up. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, it is very rough. (laughs) Now, you can argue that maybe I should have investigated it when I picked it up, but you pick up shards from every enemy in the game. I don't sit there and read them all. The one that says summon bat, I have a good idea what that does. I don't need to read the description. Honestly, JJ, I think the the biggest problem is it it should be a blue shard and not a purple one. Exactly. It should be. If it were a blue shard, you would have automatically, because the game teaches you that the blue shards are your abilities to manipulate the world around you. The blue and the clear ones are serious business, right? Right. And so if it had been one of those, I would have looked at it. But it was a red one, or wait, no, purple, Purple. right? Yeah, the directional ones. And the purple ones are like attacks and stuff, so I didn't need to to look at it. Oops, actually, this one I did. Yeah. And then to top all that off, once you finally get to using it, it's like very annoying to control. You pass by tons of chests, which you can't activate because you're using this thing and it won't let you activate them. Not clear why I couldn't just like push myself down onto the ground and open the chest. I definitely tried that a couple of times. Same. (laughs) This should work. Yeah. So uh, then you like scoot your way through this really annoying underwater area with these traps and stuff. Those spikes. I died so many times. You don't know how many times. There's, so there's a many. room with this janky mechanic, Andy. There is a room where you basically have to propel yourself through a gauntlet of uh, of extending and retracting spears, which do a ton of damage if they hit you. And knock you back and stop your motion. Yep. And you're in the way of these spears as you're moving them up and down somehow? You're propelling yourself trying forward. to dodge through them and the spears are like spikes in mario or whatever they just come up and down and stab you Ugh. on like a timer or whatever and you have no way of like stopping your forward momentum except to push backwards you know right it's like sure. you don't have a good way to just stop in one place god i died so many times in that stupid room <laughs> um not great okay uh, and then you get you get through all of this, and then at the end of it, you get to a new area, and then in that area, you immediately get a shard that lets you just walk underwater like normal, except really slow. <laughs> and you're like, well, this is not... It's better, but it's not that much better. <laughs> <laughs> Given uh, your now shared frustrations, have you found... Still that you think that, like, okay, even if you didn't do the crafting, this is a game... Okay, in six months when it's nineteen ninety nine instead of thirty five, people that may be less, maybe are more casual um, Castlevania fans are going to be into it. I think they should. Um, like one thing that I I keep sort of marveling at is just how big the map in this game is. Yeah, um, it's huge. It's, it is massive. Uh, and there, I do wish, I think we talked a little bit last week about the marker system and how we wish there were better differentiations in the marks you can use, but it's it's just sprawling. And the levels are, like, each area, it seems, kind of has one teleporter location that'll take you back to town. You know, kind of one of those. Um, a fast sort of, travel room. Right. Um, it's similar to like the teleporters from Soten or whatever. You can jump into one and they'll teleport you to any of the other teleporters. Okay. Uh, and each area kind of will have one named areas in the castle that are kind of arbitrarily decided. 
but that doesn't mean it's going to be like in an area close to where you enter that area <laughs> or close to where the save point is necessarily. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it's sometimes, it's sometimes faster to go to the fast travel room in a different area and run to the location that you want just because of ease of reaching the room that you're trying to get to. Or, for instance, not going through the water anymore because it sucks <laughs> and fast traveling back to town and then back to the area next to the area on the other side of the water. So you don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, it was yeah. really nice to find that fast travel room. Yes. Uh, it, the game is great. And like I am still really liking it. There's a bunch of other weird mechanics that we're still not or I'm still not talking about. I don't know if Michael has found all of them yet um, that are fun and really cool but i oh i guess we could talk about the, really annoying we could talk about the mirror mechanic oh yeah the mirror thing is cool man <laughs> so you get one ability that you get andy lets you um you basically it's another one of those directional abilities but you point your hand out in any direction and it extends a beam of blue light and pew, pew, when laser. you hit the, yeah, that's what it looks like um, when you hit the activate button, it it teleports you along the line of light to the far end of it. So you can get through narrow passageways to areas that you couldn't reach before. You can get to higher areas that you couldn't necessarily reach through normal jumping. Um, but the most interesting thing is that if you find a reflective surface, uh -oh. it bounces the beam and extends its reach. <laughs> nice. So it's not like a full like ray of light that just goes all the way, but it'll have like some set distance. Uh -huh. Right. It's still definitely useful for like reflecting up and jumping up and stuff like that. Um, double jumping after you get to the top of the, the beam yeah, that's is, is a good trick. Extremely helpful. But, uh, once you start getting into the reflecting stuff, you can do some real wacky stuff. And it, it kind of feels like you're like traveling along the light beam. And as the light beam gets longer and longer, and like to be fair, if you line the angles up, right, you can feel like you're bouncing around like 80 times in some of these tiny little mirrored yeah. corridors. And so it's like, bing, 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 <laughs> just like you're in some cases bouncing back and forth across the corridor multiple times because you have the angle wrong. Um, it's very good and cool. <laughs> I've definitely not played a one of these games with a mechanic like that. No, it's it's new to me. Uh, that's a really fun one. There aren't like it, in the whole castle, there aren't like every surface where you'll use this, but you can use it anywhere to like do stuff like we're talking about where you're like, oh, that platform is not in double jump range, but what if? Yeah, <laughs> I, I teleport near to it and, and then, then I, jump. And then hit, because it's like you're just not high enough, right? You're like just a little bit short. And then you can get there uh, with the double jump at the end. It's very cool. Oh, also, Andy, there are dive kicks. Uh, did you see the speed run of dive kick? Yeah, I did. That was great. I like dive kick. What a good game. <laughs> it was interesting hearing some of the mechanics of that game that I never understood quite. But, uh, yeah. So it sounds like you guys are, are sold on Bloodstain. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Still on board. All right. I am not sold on World of Warcraft for the beta of Classic. Okay, so you got into this WoW Classic beta, right? Is it still running, by the way? It ends in August, because I believe it releases in August. Okay. So the beta is still ongoing, kinda, but it's maybe wrapping up or whatever. What, Andrew, did you play WoW back then, when I this did. is yeah. emulating? Mm-hmm. How original is it? Does Very. it feel original? <laughs> <laughs> and is that the problem? It wouldn't be the problem if I didn't think that they could say in a year, okay, cool, so we launched the way that the game was, and now we're going to do the quality of life stuff, where you don't have to go find add-ons to do every single little thing. But I think the people want that. They do. <laughs> which is maybe part of my issue with the game. The game was super nostalgic to play, 
and running dead mines like we did really got me like yeah five man dungeons was awesome even though it was really long and kind of hard and actually was probably the most fun out of all the stuff we did um uh speaking of that yeah we streamed this uh me and chris who's been on this show before multiple times talking about world of warcraft um we streamed leveling up to get through the dead mines to see what it was like to do a dungeon again um and we actually four man the dead mines five man dungeon by the way and dead mines pretty long no i know it's a five man dungeon we did it four man no i know but i'm just saying like i remember it being pretty long so that's like kind of a feat yeah uh <laughs> it was easier i think maybe because we had two priests but that kind of got us in trouble when we ended up getting patrol after patrol after patrol showing up no one does any damage yeah, it's just like there's too much stuff killing us to heal out of it um we got through it it's fun you should go watch that stream uh it was worth doing all of it to to play through that and get that video out because it was awesome um the problem with that game is that it is the original game and that is a good thing and a bad thing one it's a good thing because it's more likely that a lot of people would play it that i think have rightly think uh, modern wow might be just too far gone for a lot of people that have quit or maybe you haven't quit but you just don't have that much time anymore uh classic wow is going to be the answer for a lot of those people um, and it's cool how much like a RPG, the original version of the game feels versus now where it's just a level grinding machine. Maybe. Yeah. I, I feel like a, a lot of people that play just enjoy the treadmill aspect and they're like, yay, I'm going to get in and level up my things and then I'm good. Yeah. So the original felt less like a treadmill and more like an exploration because it didn't have a lot of the stuff of like, well, go here, do this, go here, do this, go here, do this. It was kind of like, um, I have to read this quest text to go find the boat. All right. Sounds good. And then the, it tells you go Northwest. Yep. Yeah. And there's a lot of map in the Northwest. <laughs> sure. Now you could get, you know, add-ons and the add-ons will put the things on your map and you can go do the things really fast if you want to. But the game has the option to kind of play that laid back thing. And I think that uh, while I actually quite enjoyed it, I, <laughs> I <clears throat> to be clear when I say I think I am not sold on it, it doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. Um, I actually found myself enjoying it quite a bit, especially doing the dungeons. It was actually really hard to find a group to do the dungeon, which is part of the, maybe just the beta as a problem. But... I see the end of it and the end of it is hitting 60 and then not wanting to do original wow raids. Cause I, I did that. And let me tell you, man, I hope you have six, a six to eight hours. Yeah. (laughs) Because the quality of life isn't there. It's, there's no pausing. It's just, you have to wrangle 40 people, man, getting 40 people in the same place at the same time and then organizing them into groups and having tanks and heals and DPS and phases and all that. It just takes effort. You have to to do the add-ons. You have to do. Yeah. Uh, Luckily the, this version ships with the multi icons that you can put over enemies heads, which to be fair was not in the original game. No, they, they've said this is like raids without them. This is they're gonna bring out the game just pre um Burning Crusade. Yeah, so it's like the world state before Burning Crusade came out, which yeah, was a bunch of stuff. So a bunch of original WoW stuff was already added at that point. But yeah. however, they're planning to roll the the dungeons out as it the original content schedule kind of was, or maybe a little accelerated, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, the f- at start, all you have is Molten Core, and then you get Blackwing Lair and Dire Maul and those other dungeons they added. So All that is really cool for people that have the time. Yeah. The, you know, the, tr- so the real for, trick of MMOs. For me, I'm going to get three months, maybe four, of getting to 60, and then I'm not going to have the time, you know, because that's where it becomes the MMO and not the uh, the RPG that it was, so... It was fun. It was cool. It was really nostalgic to get back into it. And 
I think a lot of people that are interested in it, maybe they sign up for a month or whatever, or uh, the people that are in WoW now pop over there for a month, and then they, they'll level for a while, and then they'll get the nostalgia hit, because it is really amazing, and honestly, when you play it on the uh, classic graphics setting, it's maybe better. <laughs> Uh, but then it's, it's just too gonna, real. Yeah, I have a bad feeling that they're going to have invested a lot of time and money into this and it's going to peter out because it doesn't have a separate cheaper subscription, you know, anyway. So, yeah, that was my time with the WoW beta over the last like month ish. And I think they made a good game and it's sad that I'm I'm too old to play it, maybe. Yeah. I think I feel like there is definitely a case. There will be some people that play this a lot and really like it. And then the interesting thing will be, do they march forward into Burning Crusade as Burning Crusade was, as the other older expansions were and the updates they made to the game in those ways? Or do they diverge and do different stuff? Not like new different stuff, but that old stuff in a different way, you know? I don't know how you sell people on Classic WoW and then update it past the first into the first big expansion. I don't know how you do at, that. At some point those people have done everything. What do you what do you do then? Make new stuff for Classic WoW? I mean, I guess they could do that. Yeah, they could drop maybe a, a Classic WoW dungeon from later on like hey, you can do this, but you can't you can't do it with the Burning Crusade stuff. You could just, you know, or add a new I mean, they added, you know, they War added zones? more 40-man raids in, the, like, the first couple of expansions. So, they, you know, without making that split, they could keep that stuff together. Yeah. And then, you know, then at that point, do they start changing stuff down the line of, like, oh, when we did this split to 25-man stuff, maybe we undo that and keep it at 40 or whatever. But I don't know. me if that... I'm wrong, Burning Crusade was years into the game. Oh, yeah. Two or three years, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I think by, a, by their, their plan of expansions every year went out the window instantly. Yeah, I just think that the uh, the fandom of this will have gone low enough by three years that they are not going to be considering that type of thing. I have a bad feeling. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. I it's tough. <clears throat> I don't want to dog on it because it's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like they did a really good job remaking that game and like the frustrations of that game and the very cool 1am I'm fighting murlocs on the beach because I need to grind out levels uh, and the feeling of just sitting with a movie on or music on and doing that grind and like enjoying it because you were exploring running to Duskwood was cool like all that stuff is still cool and so it's not a bad game but it's just it's gonna be such a time sink I don't know how the people that played it originally are going to have the time anymore, especially if they're subscribed to real wow and still playing real wow. You know what I mean? I don't mean real wow, I guess, but anyway, yeah, I yeah. think it's going to be kind of a lot of people are going to be either or on that. It's like they either play current wow or go back to this. Yeah. I can't foresee there's a lot of people that do both, but you know, I'll obviously be wrong because some people will. Speaking of dipping back into the nostalgia pen or the nostalgia box or the nostalgia sandbox. Mm, sure. Mario Maker 2 came out and one of us was such a big Mario Maker 1 fan that I got to know. JJ, did you dump into Mario Maker 2? Oh, I jumped. And I or wait, hold on. Did you no jump? Oh, sometimes you have to not jump. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that actually um, I was watching one of our uh, collectively favorite streamers on this show due to his uh, nature and some of the games he runs is uh, Andy on Twitch TV slash Andy free plug for that guy. Uh, he watching him do no jump levels might be one of my favorite things to do while doing dishes at night. <laughs> Mario Maker 2. You can make some really devious stuff uh, in Mario Maker 2. And let me tell you, people on the internet are already savage at this game. It is 
unbelievable the stuff that people have come up with and how hard it can be. Is uh, it just because they're reimporting their Mario Maker 1 levels, basically? You can't import. There's no import. Well, like, I mean, importing from memory or whatever. Uh, maybe. But I think in a lot of cases, people are just making new stuff that is tough. And, you know, it, it, to be fair, there is definitely a lot of stuff out there that is pretty good and fun. And I've played through the story mode. I got to what counts for 100%, but that doesn't mean I've played all the levels uh, in the story mode. And it's very fun. And some of those levels are very cool. But, you know, some of them are janky in the way that user-created levels, which I kind of was let down by. Like, like they lacking didn't, Nintendo polish janky? They didn't. Yeah, they didn't feel like Nintendo Mario levels. Not up to snuff. They felt like Mario Maker 1 levels with these weird new mechanics attached. Is it because they're just highlighting a mechanic and they're just getting you out of there? Or is it just because they're not... In some cases, that's true because the mechanic itself is janky, right? But in other cases, it's just like... I think they just like thought of a cool idea for this level and then they made it and then we're like, yeah, this is good. It it does the thing I want. And then they didn't go back and play it like 50 times to find all the little parts where you'd get annoyed. Oh, hmm. right. Um, it, Not that it's like bad. And some of those levels, even the janky ones end up like being cool. You get to the end and you're like, oh, you know what? That was very fun. But that part in the middle where you're like dying a bunch of times because you don't understand the weird little mechanics of how the game wants you to do certain things is rough. Like that, those no jump levels. Okay. The way the, so Mario Maker 2 adds this thing that didn't exist in Mario Maker 1 where you can add clear conditions, right? In all Mario games, you have to get to the end of the level, right? That's how it works. Get to the flag in Mario, you win. Yay. That's still true. However, you can add a condition that if you get to the flag and you don't have this condition met, the flag is just like a grayed out box and you can't touch it. It's just passed through. It's not there. Locked off. Locked off. Lockbox. <laughs> and <laughs> so in those cases, right, you can set all kinds of really weird, really interesting conditions. Hey, you have to collect 100 coins. Hey, you have to co- kill Bowser. Hey, you have to h- kill seven Koopas, Right stomp 50 goombas whatever okay also you can do stuff like uh these no jumping levels right but it doesn't say no jumping what it says is you can't hit the ground again after leaving the ground and it's Uh, worded that very specific way because do you know what counts as leaving the ground and then hitting the ground walking off a platform so you have to like make sure you walk onto another platform immediately you have to be on a platform on the ground when you walk off that platform your feet have to always stay on the ground they can because if they ever leave the ground and you touch the ground again you will fail so you could also like jump across a hundred enemies right and never touch the ground that way and then as long as you hit the flagpole at the end of those enemies you're okay (laughs) what otherwise you fail and so like i'm making my way down this intricate level with these like little donut lifts where you stand on it and it falls down and you're walking on these seesaws and all this stuff and you've got to constantly make sure that you're you're being transferred essentially from one flat surface to another Yes, and then I take a tiny one-inch step because the seesaw is not exactly lined up with the next seesaw. Fail. Mm-hmm. And you're like, but I, oh, I was there. And then, of course, like, that was 15 tries in before I realized that you couldn't walk off platforms. And to hmm. be fair, they, you know, like, the first time, right? They tell you right away as soon as you have failed the fail condition. Like, right. there's a little, like, red flag next to your head or whatever, and that goes black. And then it's just like, you're dead, dude. Uh, so they let you know, but like, man, some of these conditions can be really rough. And that's just the Nintendo made level that I'm talking about. There are <laughs> crazy devious ones that people have made out there. Um, and like my biggest complaint about the game, uh, to be fair, I have not made any levels because I am not creative and at the moment have no like fun ideas, but people have made some really cool stuff out there that I've played. There's a new power-up in this game called the Super Ball, which basically makes the game play like, um, you guys remember, like, Mario from the Game Boy? Yeah. Yeah. 
you would get that little power up that let you shoot the balls, which like was kind of like a fire flower, but it didn't bounce the same way. Mm-hmm. More well, bounced more like a jazz ball. That's right. It's called the Super Ball Suit, and you can get it in this game. And it plays the Game Boy music, <laughs> and it rebounds off the walls a bunch of times, just like that one did. Nice. Uh, and so you can use it. And people have made all these like 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 sniper maps, kind of. Where like you're blocked off and you stand at an entrance and you can throw the balls and try to bounce them in a specific way to hit a guy to get a key to move on. <laughs> and it's like nice. re- really cool stuff that people have made in there. And then there's also stuff where like it requires you to do some jumps that are just straight. Like you have to bounce a shell off a wall and jump off the shell and then hit a block in midair and not get trolled by the invisible coin block that you're going to hit and kill you and yada yada the whole like, you know, the Kaizo Mario thing, right? So the issue I have is that it is really hard to find good, fun levels to play. Oh, that was going to be one of my questions for you is what is it like to try and either sort levels or find levels or like break down levels that you, you you know, I might be interested in only running non-jump levels or only running Mario 1 style levels or running easy levels or... So there... There are some search options, right? You can search by um, style. So you can search by game style, right? Super Mario World, Super Mario Brothers 3, uh, Mario 3D World, New Super Mario Brothers, regular Mario Brothers, right? Cool. So that's an option. You can search by uh, theme, right? They call it like the course theme, whether it's a ground level, an airship level, a castle level, a forest level, a water level, a... I forget what there are. Snow level. There's like 10 different ones now. Um, Night levels, all that kind of stuff. So you can search for that stuff. I don't think you can search for clear conditions. And you definitely can't search for words. What? So, I mean, maybe there are third-party websites that have stepped in to fill this, which, God, please let there be one that I don't know about because (laughs) I wanted... There's a new there's another thing that they added in this game in the 3D world levels you can drive a Koopa car which is like a Mario Kart car in 2D that you can control and it's that really fun. So cool. It's like it's like playing a weird like 2D plane version of Mario Kart and people have made some like really fun levels where you're driving in a the car basically destroys like almost every enemy you run into. Uh, but crashes into walls and stuff. So you can make like the jumps really tricky and you have to hit it the right way. Otherwise you crash really fun. I wanted to play a bunch of car levels. I try, I can't search for car. There's no word search that I've been able to find. Now, if I find a maker, you can find like a person, right? Like if you have their maker ID or you scroll through the levels of like new and popular or whatever, and you find a person who has made a level, you can follow that person, and then you'll see every course that person has made. Mm-hmm. But unless they're making like ten car levels or whatever, you're gonna, you know, you you have like the three levels they've made or whatever, and that's it. Uh, also, apparently, you are limited to thirty-two levels uploaded, as far as I can tell. Period. Some people think maybe that if you get enough likes or whatever, they give you more slots. But currently, as it stands, if you want to upload thirty-three levels get bent oh no that seems rough yeah it does right and so like you know okay 32 seems like a lot right but you know in a year from now it's not gonna be maybe it's just a way to make sure that prolific people are calling stuff that maybe isn't as good i don't it just seems like a way to force people to like consign levels that people have played into oblivion there's like oh well I want to upload a new level. I have to delete my old ones because everyone has played it and no one's playing it anymore. Is there a system where levels that that you have that are, let's say you make 32 levels that are uber popular. Can like Nintendo come in and be like, oh, well, these 10 are like Mario Maker classics and they're getting moved off of your account onto our system. Maybe, but I don't know that that's ever happened. And I can't see like if that if that system exists, there's no sign of it currently. And to be fair, the game hasn't been out that long. Sure. But no one I don't know how that works. It's completely unclear. And maybe it's possible if you get enough likes, they give you, you know, oh, here's 32 more slots or whatever. How are they calling bad levels? Or maybe 
bad it Who might knows? be a wrong word. You know, I listened to the the Giant Bomb guys and uh oh no, it wasn't Giant Bomb. It was uh it might have been Patrick Klepik that was mentioning you know, kids make levels and yeah, sometimes they they're not popular. Totally. And there as far as I can tell, the only way to find just random levels. Yeah. Uh you can you can search for random levels, just like give me a random selection of stuff with these criteria. But if you play the endless mode, you will just get served up random levels uh of varying degrees of difficulty. So there are four difficulty levels that they get sorted into easy, normal, expert, and super expert. And I assume those levels are just based on, like, the clear percentage, like how many people have tried and finished versus how many died, or how many have, how many people have finished versus how many died. And, you know, the clear percentages on some of those levels are super low because they're like puzzle levels or whatever, right? And you're meant to die 10 times. Well, some in some cases, it's literally, there's no way to get past this unless you find the hidden door, right? Yeah. That sucks. So, of course, 80 million people are going to die on that one. Um, but also, in the endless thing, you can just skip any level. There's no penalty. You just skip skip as many levels as you want until you find it an easy play. Wow. So, I, I don't know how you're supposed to get noticed in that format when all the people are going to be looking for is a level that they can clear easily to keep their streak going, right? Mm-hmm. And there are leaderboards for the people who clear the most endless levels in the various difficulties or whatever. But that stuff is a nightmare because, you know, you haven't been playing since the game came out, right? Right. There's some guy out there probably who has an 8,000 streak of, like, easy levels and will never be beaten because he just keeps beating easy levels all day. (laughs) And to be fair, the easy level's pretty easy. Okay. Yeah. But in a lot of cases, I played through, you know, maybe 30 fun, easy maybe. levels one night. Maybe more fun, yeah. I had a good time. You would play the course, and you're like, oh, this is like a cool idea. you like, oh, do this jump, and like, it's a very pretty snow scene, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever, I was seeing some people know? playing, um, like, RPG style, almost, where it was like, okay, first you gotta get the spring, then you gotta take the spring through the pipe, then you gotta use the spring that's in that room to bounce off that spring to bounce, you know, like... Yeah, puzzle or RPG style stuff that was didn't look hard. It just looked like oh, you got to make sure you get all the coins, and you, sometimes some stuff's off screen unless you bounce high enough. And there are other levels that are literally like the size of one screen, and there's just like a bunch of items on it and weird mechanics and stuff, and you have to figure out how to use each little thing on there to unlock the thing, to move to the next thing, to replace and start and whatever. And then eventually, like it unlocks it the door or jumps you over a block that gets you onto the flag or whatever (laughs) and it's all just within that one little room right but then you'll be like oh you know what i used the pow in the wrong place here i need to go back and start over and that counts as a death right so yeah yeah some of those puzzle rooms are real creative yeah they're super interesting i played one that took me probably 25 minutes the other night and it was just like there's like a yoshi egg and a pow block and one of these hangy claws and it was just like the way you maneuvered those things together and then a door you could go through that would reset all of them, right? So like, but you had to reset them in like a really ingenious way because not every time that you went through that door did it reset everything. It reset only like, it when things got to certain states, they would stop resetting, right? Hmm. Oh. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what triggered that. Um, but it was like, oh, I blew up this rock. Now when I reset everything, the rock is gone. Okay, so right. there were f- there are flags that get set, basically. Well, it's not clear how you do that, uh, to me anyway. But maybe there are ways that they... Or it's like two copies of the levels or something, I don't know. You know, like two... Because you go through the door and it actually takes you to the sub-world that's laid out the same, maybe? I don't know. Right, there are probably multiple instances of the room. And just depending on what is where, it changes which one it takes you to. Yeah, I'm not sure how those puzzle levels are built, but it was really cool. And like when I finally solved it, I felt like a genius, you know? (laughs) And then you play other levels where it's like, oh, no, this has ice physics. (laughs) Oh, no. And every time I take a step, I feel like I'm sliding off like every single jump and it's horrible and I'm dying. And also now there's low gravity levels where your jump is all floaty and weird and the items float and the enemies act all weird sometimes. And... There is just so much stuff in this game, you guys. If you guys like Mario, this is like maybe not quite the Ur Mario game, but it is close. 
Now, but is it is it really though? Because like, there's going to be people that love Mario, but they want Mario Odyssey, maybe. Yeah, so th- this is a 2D Mario game, right? There's no 3D in this. You play Mario 3D World, but you can only play it in 2D planes. Um, and to be fair, there were a good number of the 3D World levels that were in 2D like this. Um, but yeah, if you want to play like N64 Mario, Mario 64, or Sunshine, or Galaxy, that kind of Mario game, this is not that. Even but, with the addition you know, of the 3D world stuff, right? Yeah, because it doesn't let you move in the in the third dimension, right? You're still only moving side to side and up and down. Uh, hmm. the The 3D world levels do add a bunch of really cool mechanics that are unique to those levels only. Uh, the cat suit, the Mario cat suit, and the uh, clear pipes, and what was the other stuff? Uh, like bonsai bills and stuff that shoot out towards the screen instead of um, across it. Across it, yeah. Uh, and Meowser. <laughs> cat, cat Bowser. Um, and those are all really cool and fun to play. And the cat suit is really rad, actually. Uh, as a known disliker of cats, um, I can still say that I like that suit. Yeah. Now, in the first Mario, and I think in the video for this Mario, they said you had to play a certain amount to unlock things like the sun. Is that still true, or is that... So there are a few things that are locked off um, that you won't have access to if you just jump straight into the making. The Super Ball is one of them. Um, My understanding is that Meowser is also one. Is there a list? uh, there is a list that someone has out there. Uh, I don't. Ninten- I don't. Nintendo have doesn't have like a you've unlocked everything now. Uh, if they do, I haven't gotten that message yet. Oh, bummer. Uh, there you- is also stuff that you unlock while playing that mode that are like uh, clothes and items uh, for your maker profile. Got it. So there is a, an element of dress up there. Like I unlocked a peach dress and peach wig, so I could dress my maker person up to look like Princess Peach if I want. Um, I also unlocked a warp pipe hat that is like an upside down warp pipe that you sit on your head. <laughs> um, that's pretty cool. Uh, and so, you know, the, and all of that is to sort of facilitate how cool you look and your maker character when people follow you or whatever. But how is anyone going to know to follow me? I like, I'm, you know, to be fair, no one can follow me now because there's nothing, I haven't done anything. Right. But if I did make a level, how would they find it? How would they know? that my stuff is good, you know? You know, we can use this podcast and I could give you my level codes. I could post them on Twitter or whatever, but like I don't have reach. I'm not some kind of like famous streamer or whatever, right? Right, yeah. So, I I don't know how a normal person, right, who doesn't like deeply engage with social media is supposed to get noticed and get popular in this game. Well, and especially in a world where we're all supposed to be using less social media, these things should be built into the environments that we want to use them in, right? Like if I discover, Oh my gosh, that level that I just played was maybe the best Mario maker level I've ever played. I want to follow that creator right now. If as soon as I finished playing it, so you can do single that, button. right? And you can do that. Okay. I don't know if it's a single button, but if you've played a level you could, and you get to the end, you can hit a button that says like, like this level and you can click over a couple and click on the creator and hit star and follow that guy or gar girl or whoever you can do that. Hmm. But what you can't do then is go, I want to play levels like this one. Ah, got him. So yeah, you know, you go, (laughs) you go like, Oh, I want to play super Mario world levels like this one. Okay. I play super Mario world levels in the selection criteria. Okay. This one was a ghost house. I want to play other ghost houses then. So super Mario world and ghost house. Go. Yeah. Like, that's not enough, you know? No, it's not. It's not. Well, you know, this kind of begs the question a little bit. Can, as a person that loves Mario but is not interested in making the levels, though, can you get by playing this game without making levels? Are, are they going to force you to do that, to, to, to enjoy so, this? So nothing in the game has forced me to make anything, right? You can definitely completely play the game totally fine just as a, hey, here are a bunch of Mario levels other people have made. My frustration then becomes of, like, I know a type of level I want to play and I can't find more of it. 
Okay. Or it involves me searching through like 10 pages worth of levels to find one that I'm looking for. Hmm. But definitely, if you just like playing every kind of Mario level that exists, you just go into that endless mode, hit go, find your difficulty level that you think is good for you, you know, and just play levels. It'll just serve you up levels until the end of time. It It is called endless, you know. You'll run out of lives and game over and then you start again, you know. So the game is great for that, but you know, if you think like, oh, you know, today I only want to play, you know, like I was saying, I wanted to play Koopa Car levels, and I can't, I can't find them. <laughs> <laughs> it's odd that they don't have a filtering system for like, is this item in the levels? You would yeah, think so. And maybe there's a way to do it, and I don't understand it. And if so, please tell me. Podcast at weweregamers.com or seriously at weweregamers on Twitter. Yes, there is a way to do it. This is exactly how. Please. So, you know, I, I am liking the game, and I really do. I'm enjoying my time playing. The Nintendo levels in the story mode are fun, and I haven't played them all. I'm going to keep doing that. And I just, the, the online stuff gets frustrating sometimes because it is easy to find levels. You know, I watch a lot of these uh, streamers from the speedrun uh, games done quick and stuff. And they're playing these levels that I have no interest in playing whatsoever. <laughs> they're fun to watch. They are very fun to watch. Um, you know, guys like Mitch Flower Power and Grand Pooh Bear and, um, you know, these kinds of guys who are out there speedrunning these levels that are insane. Uh, you know, it's like fireballs and shell jumps and, you know, pee blocks and all kinds of stuff going crazy all, all at the same time. And it is very, very entertaining to watch. But, like, that's not me, man. I'm not doing this. <laughs> not on their level no uh and so, but some of them have you know tried to create like hey here's like a kaizo tutorial level so i tried one of those and like i got past the first like couple jumps and i was like oh, okay and then i got to like one of the hard ones and was like nope <laughs> it's like kick this shell into a wall and then bounce off the top of it right it's like i tried that for like a good 10 minutes and i'm like you know what this isn't for me I'm just not good enough at this now. Um, but and then someone made another one. It's like, hey, here's how you use like the swingy claws, right? And that was fun, right? I was able to like get through that because even though it's, you know, a Kaizo tutorial kind of level, it just means that like the swingy jumps are hard. Well, okay. But like on those swingy claws, you only have left and right. It's not that <laughs> you can't do like spin jumps and stuff at that point. Right. Mm -hmm. So they intentionally made it like, you know, I don't know, baby mode Kaizo or something. Baby mode uh, Kaizo. I want to filter for that. Yeah, exactly. I want to play like <laughs> the the levels that are like not quite hard enough for normal Kaizo players. So I want the ones yeah. where I'm like, I feel accomplished, you know? Totally. But I don't have to make the three pixel perfect jump. Yeah, don't make me like jump and then grab an item while I'm falling, kick it up and then grab a different one and then do something else like that's not for me <laughs> i will i will jump in the dry bones shell and land on the thwomp elevator and like use the dry bones shell ability to be invulnerable for a while that's fun but i'm not going to do the one where you have to like spin jump off a thwomp onto a bomb and a chain chomp and like knock it across the level to blow up an on off switch and then do seven other things before you can get through to the flag that was so specific i have to assume it was a level oh yeah there's like 15 levels <laughs> that work like that so it's just like it, the the frustrating thing is that I know there are levels out there that are the kind of levels that I want to play. I just don't know how to get them. Nintendo, call refinement. Us. <laughs> yeah. We've right. got ideas. Mario Maker Two is good. There we go. That's the end of that discussion. Okay, great. <laughs> If you have ideas or a better way for us to filter levels in Mario Maker 2 that JJ hasn't found yet, you should send them to podcast. So we were gamers.com. If you have things that you think we should see at Comic-Con, reminder that that's coming up, uh, or, you know, want to hear about it at Comic-Con podcast, we were gamers.com where we were gamers on YouTube. You can watch those, uh, feeds that I was talking about where I was, we did, World of Warcraft, or when Michael and I finally got some video levels of Portal. Yeah. That was fun. It was a good video. People should check that out. 
those, all those things are we were gamers. You can just search them on the web, internet web. You can do that. Until next time, I think we have a lot. Oh my god, I don't know when we're gonna fit all these things in that we have to do. So, Stranger Things soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna happen. Stranger Things is good. We should we should talk about it. Okay, next time.